The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit Mike'sArchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is episode 190. Uh, this is your closet host, Clay, here with Joe, and um, you'll have to excuse some technical difficulties that Joe or I have because we've never done a podcast without Ryer or Caleb, and they normally uh, run the podcast, and we just talk and give our insight. Um, so there may be some things that go wrong. Hopefully there aren't, but if there are, then um, we take full responsibility for it. And. We also don't care that much. No, we really don't. <laughs> we really don't. Um, as long as it sounds good, we really don't care. Um, but on this episode, Joe and I are going to talk about the differences between filming bow hunts and rifle hunts, the goods of both of them, the bads of both of them, what makes both of them difficult in their own right. Um, and I, I think a lot of people just think we go out and film, and there's a lot of pre-production on both ends. Um, before, during, and after on the fly. Um, and Joe and I have both, actually, I haven't done a bow hunt all year. I mean, I did a crossbow hunt, but that's basically a rifle. Well, and that's a different podcast. We can't, <laughs> we can't get into the crossbow debate today. But um, I didn't do, this is my first season filming that I didn't do a single bow hunt. Um, and I obviously were doing a lot of stuff for Bergara CBA. Um, and I forgot how intimate bow hunts were, how much different they were, and things like that, both on the western and the whitetail side of things. And that's kind of what we were going to cover today because Joe and I both did a whitetail hunt together. Um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, with rifles in Texas. I mean, it is Texas, so that's its own animal. Um, but we did a lot of Bergara stuff out west. Did one with Ryer. Did two with Ryer. You did two with Ryer. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we were just going to go through. We've got a couple talking points we wanted to touch on. We wanted to go through the gear um, and kind of how we set our cameras up for that type of filming. Um, the way you film the, the two different types, um, a rifle hunt versus a a bow hunt to do it correctly, um, and then the ease or difficulty of storytelling because there are some different storytelling aspects that you have to – you kind of have to lean on um, to make one equal to or better than the other. So, Correct. I, I guess just to jump right into the gear, normally speaking, well, I guess actually always, I've never been on a whitetail hunt, bow or gun, that was two camera. I take that back. That was two producers. And, yeah, and a I don't think so. I've run, I've run two cameras whitetail hunting for a while, my FX6 and my mirrorless. Um, but I've never, I've never done a whitetail hunt that was two cameras, two camera operators and a hunter. The only time I've ever seen that, I feel like, I 
I feel like I saw Meat Eater do that, like yeah. recently, like uh, like that Whitetail series of Mark Kenyon. I think they had like they had a guy in another tree, and then they also had someone had someone in the tree with the hunter. Really, I'm pretty sure, unless I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that happened. Like obviously, we, which it's very rare. Like, obviously, I'm not, like when we were doing Lee and Tiff. If Lee and Tiff were both hunting, they each had their own producer with them. Yeah. But we've never done two cameras or two producers with one hunter on a whitetail hunt. No, no. But what makes that different on, like, whether it's bow or rifle, we've never had two. But what makes that different on a western hunt, like, if you're doing a whitetail hunt, I mean, a mule deer hunt or a coos deer hunt or an elk hunt with a bow... You can very easily do that with one person. We've done it with one person yeah. for a long time. Is it always better with two? Absolutely. Well, we, I filmed Dudley all, all September. Yeah, we that did, was all we, did Lee and, we did Lee and Tiff with one person. Yeah. It's um, definitely more difficult. Yeah, I mean we've done stuff with Black Rifle for one with one person. Um the the Tecamani trip I went on this year was one person. Um That was gun. It was it was bow gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bow gun. <laughs> but no offense, you crossbow lovers. But um with that being said, when you're using a bow, I mean, even if you're shooting an elk or a mule deer at a hundred yards, with that twenty four to two forty at a hundred yards, you're filling the frame with an elk or a mule deer, or as tight as you want to be in order to be still be able to be on that animal when it gets shot and run off. Yeah. So you don't need like with the 24 to 240, you've got 24 millimeters to film all your walking, your scenics, your tights, all that. you got 240 to film animals. You can either handheld hold it. I use a monopod a lot, use a tripod, whatever. But doing it with a rifle, Western hunting is a completely different animal because nowadays rifle hunting isn't just shooting them at two or 300 yards. No. So... No, it's no. gotten way more difficult. Yeah, with all the long range stuff. Well, the shooting hasn't got the shooting the gun hasn't gotten difficult. It's gotten a lot easier. People yeah, are shooting them yeah, at eight hundred yeah, yeah, to a thousand yeah. yards, but filming them has become a complete nightmare because like seventy to two to two hundred doesn't do it anymore. No, and not even close. Like one to four hundred is just enough for elk. Just enough because elk are so big that they fill the frame. Yeah. So with that being said, you can't like on you, let's just say a rifle elk hunt for example. You're not filming wide scenics, someone walking, um, things like that, talking. Yeah. With a 100 to 400, mainly, no. mainly because like you could hold a 100 to 400 at 100 millimeters and get all those things, but when you're filming an elk at 400 millimeters, you got to be on a tripod. Yeah, no doubt. So with that being said, in order to film someone walking and talking and doing all those things, when you're done filming the elk, you have to break down the tripod, put it on your back. And then follow that person with a 100 or 400. Yeah. And that's kind of where it's a little different than doing it with a bow hunt because it's almost, I don't want to say impossible, it's very, 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 very hard to film a Western rifle hunt with one person. Yeah. it's Unless you're you're doing a type of hunt where you're sitting up on a glassing knob and you're not moving all day, and if something comes by, you shoot it. Then you have time to lay your gear out, get it where you need it, to where you can just grab and go, and you're not moving. Yeah, which, I mean, that's going to that's gonna be so rare. I mean, in most cases, I mean, at least the places that we've been hunting, that's right. certainly not going right. to be the case. Well, like boot leather, the whole, <clears throat> the whole premise of boot leather is all the miles put in to get an animal. Yeah. 
So, right. I mean, that's what that was one thing we told Bergara, like, hey, we have this idea for an episode for an episodic series. This is what it's going to entail. This is, you know, what it's going to be about. This is the style we're thinking, but it's going to require two shooters. Right. And a lot of times, as soon as you tell a company it's going to require two shooters, <clears throat> it turns them off because they're thinking double travel costs, double food costs, uh, double day rate. So, but to do it right with a rifle out west, that's really what you have to do. Like, like um, when Ryer and I did the boot leather with Chris, and I'm going to assume it's the same way when you did your episode with Ryer and Chris, that there's a camera with a 24 to 105 or a 24 to 240. I like the 24 to 105 just because it looks a little cleaner. But 24 yeah, to 105, no um, handheld, no sticks, uh, no um, no video head, no tripod, just a camera and a 24 to 105 running audio on the hunter and the guide. Then the person filming animals who's or kill cam, we usually call them content cam and kill cam. Content cam is the person running audio and all that kind of stuff. Um, the person on kill cam and I think we ran the 24 to 105. Yeah. Because you guys had, oh no, sorry, we, I meant we ran the one to 400 mm. because on that same hunt was the time that you and Caleb went to Arizona, to Arizona yeah. on the coos deer yeah. hunt. Yeah. And our thought was the elk hunt, you're going to move around a lot more. So having the one to 400, which is lighter is going to be easier. Yeah, two, for sure. Two, um, 400 millimeters on an elk looks a lot closer than, than a coos deer. Than on a coos deer. Yeah. So having the extra 200 millimeters on a coos deer in the 600 makes it a lot easier. Dude, for those coos deer, I think you need, you need like a, you need like a 800. Well, like Ryer did a, tried to do some mathematical equation he found online to equate the millimeters of a lens to the power of a spotting scope. Oh, yeah. So like if someone had a, well, because when he would go to Utah on those mule deer hunts, people would be like, oh, there's a deer. And it would be filling the frame on their iPhone, on their phone scope, and then he'd film it, and it'd be like the size of a rice kernel on, yeah. on the screen. And they're like, you can't punch in anymore? And Ryer had like 150 to 600, that Tamron, before we got the Sonys, the 100 to 400 and the 2 to 600. And so Ryer, being Ryer on the plane home, I think he found out that in order to equate to like a 60-power spotting scope, you would almost need like a 6,000 millimeter lens or an 8,000 millimeter That's lens. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, even, and we're shooting everything in 4K. And even in, yeah. even in 4K, a lot of the problem, you can't punch in all the way to 100% because there's so much detail in the aspens and the leaves and the, the timber and the grass and the shrubs that when you crop into 100% on 4K, there's so much detail, it actually almost kills the image because the the processors and the camera can't handle that much detail in such a confined space. Yeah. Well, dude, getting back to, like, spotting scopes, Chris had that, he had a Swarov spotting scope. The BTX? Dude. Well, he didn't have the BTX on. He had he had his phone hooked to, you know, hooked to his spotting scope with, um, I think, the Olin. Yeah, he had I the think adapter. Yeah. yeah. And, dude, that spotter, that spotter's crisp. Like, just cell phone footage. Like, as much as, like, I don't want to use cell phone footage, like, that footage, like on Coos Deer, was very usable. Well, he said that's why what helped him spend the money to get that. Yeah. Was like a lot of the times 
when Chris is doing, like, Chris will just wake up one morning and be like, I'm going to go scout for elk today. Yeah. Well, if he goes and scouts elk in the summer, obviously we can't just wake up and be at his beck and call every day. So if he gets elk footage that we can use in an episode, like that scouting episode that you and I did, we used a lot of his footage. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, it looks beautiful. And oh, that was yeah. part of the reason why he got that, I think it's the 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 90 yeah, with the BTX and then the one fifteen on the end. Like, dude, it is so it is so clear. Right, like it it's the, it's yeah, crazy how that, clear. It that's is. what he said. He's like, you know, I'm obviously using it for guiding, but also if it's going to make the episodes look better, to the point that we can use this as a not so much a creative crutch, but another aspect to where we don't have to go out and get two weeks worth of elk footage yeah. all the time. It might help prolong. Yeah. The existence of the project and we, yeah we're like okay because i i thought it looked good and yeah. if you dude, if you take that new iphone 15 and put it in log mm-hmm. with the apple ProRes, mm-hmm. dude with a spotting scope right it'd be real tough to tell the difference like right. it was that clear well and it, again other than having a whatever a six thousand millimeter lens like one of, you'd need one of those sport lenses that they use at like yeah. baseball or football right game. and you're not carrying that around that's an eighty thousand dollar lens well you know i think that's if Caleb wants to do it right. I think that's what he should buy, dude. Could you imagine just the weight of the tripod and the and the head for that, <laughs> dude? I already can't stand the six hundred most days. <laughs> I know. Well, the other issue with the six hundred is you got to run rails, yeah, because it's so long. Yeah. So your very light magnesium alloy bodied FX six turns into a yeah, which I mean honestly. And you did this in BC not by choice, but because you had to. You ran your mirrorless, yeah. And if you're if you're not filming, talking, or anything, even if you are double shooting, you get a snap. You can just run a shotgun mic and you can sync it mm-hmm. for like double shooting, talking. But having that two to six hundred and just having a mirrorless on the back is a hell of a lot better than running the FX six. Yeah, it is better. The I guess the only downfall of that, which this is important to talk about too, the only downfall of that is like you don't get your auto ND and your you know your ND that's built in like the right. FX six. Right, but I mean also too, it's six hundred millimeters. I don't mind having it at F11 to make sure everything's in focus yeah, versus, that's, versus 6.3. Right, right. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not like, it's not the end of the world. No. You know? But in low light, it is nice to have 16,000 ISO. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But in terms of like just carrying it, like that, excuse me, that um, that lens with just the mirrorless. It was way was Way more manageable yeah. than. Like you still need to use the same tripod and, yeah. and head, but. It's so much easier, like, just throw it over your shoulder and go. Yeah, it's it was way easier. Yeah. I mean, I still fell 15 times. Well, yeah, but that's because it's BC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But it well, it would definitely was easier. It wasn't, like, my preferred. Like, I'd much rather probably have my FX6. Right. But it does work, and it definitely is easier to carry. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but I guess when you are, like, Western rifle hunt, and you're double shooting it, the person with the FX6 and the 2 to 600, they're not only filming animals. Yeah. They're just getting different versions of what the content camera is getting with their lens. So, like, if we had a behind the scenes of that hunt that Ryer and I did with Chris for boot leather, there's a lot, there'd be a lot of shots of him and I getting the same scenic. Yeah. He's just getting it super tight on something on the horizon, and I'm getting it super wide. Yeah, or like he's still getting shots of leaves and wind blowing the trees. And one thing I love to get with those lenses is tight because you can set up and you can follow people a lot easier because you have to be on the tripod. 
is set up super tight on their feet and film them like walking across the mm-hmm. frame with their feet. You're still getting all those scenic shots, all those tights, those product shots, eyes, hands, whatever. You're just getting it from a different perspective. Yeah. Which in editing, which we'll get to later, just obviously gives you more latitude. You're not just going, oh, I'm going to take the easy way out and be kill cam. Like, yeah. Dude, I'd much rather film someone talking all day than carry around that. Oh, two yeah, to six dude. Six. That, like, yeah, where did I carry it last? Oh, yeah, I carried it with Ryer on yeah. Chris's. In, like, day five, I was like, <laughs> can you just kill something I'm already? like, dude, we got to rack this thing up. Yeah. Which, usually, with rifle hunts, with Chris, it doesn't take day five. Yeah, right. Well, I guess, technically, it was day six for you guys, but you're on your second animal in six days. Yeah, you true. On the first day. True. Which we're going to get to here in a second when we talk about filming style. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, just the gear required. Because, like, when we're whitetail hunting, whether you're whitetail hunting with a bow or a rifle, like, when we just did that trip with Tecamani... I had the 600 because you went ahead and texted me, hey, dog, I'm going to steal that one to 400 for the trip. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. So I went ahead and set up with rails and everything. Yeah. But in like in a whitetail situation, if you go out with your two to 600 and you think you're getting everything, especially like in a box blind, you have to go back and recreate everything. Well, yeah, everything. And, yeah. It, and in that situation, like Texas, where there's 74 animals to look and talk about and exotics and this and that, and there's 360, because, like, I mean, you go to Texas, if you're not hunting over corn, you're lying about not hunting over yeah, corn. Right. So they're they're corning 360 <clears throat> around the blind, so those deer can come out anywhere. Yeah. So what Joe and I did, and... Yeah, this is important. A lot of people know that... For a while, I've run my mirrorless on a second angle in a tree for, like, live cutaways. I do the same thing in a box blind. I just take my small little glassing tripod, and I keep the feet as low as I can, or you can even do this with a uh, a small light stand, mm-hmm. um, like we're using for the cameras or whatever. But a small light stand or a glassing tripod that has a small footprint with a neck that extends. So then you can extend that neck, and your feet aren't, Super wide out, taking a lot of room. 16 to 35, I have the mics that hot shoe. They run dual channels. I put it on the hot shoe on my uh, mirrorless. And I told David, anytime you want to talk, just let me know. I just hit record. You look at this camera. This camera right here, all it's doing is filming animals. Everything else is on this camera right here. Yeah. And, like, when he's sitting there, he's very long-winded. He had a 13-minute opening interview <laughs> one afternoon. And, dude, I went through, and I he was talking to that camera, and um, I just went through and got all my scenics and all that kind of stuff before the deer started coming out. And by the time he got done, like I was, I was chilling until deer started coming out. Yeah. And it just makes it a lot easier. Like you can recreate. It's really hard unless someone's been doing it for a long time to recreate seeing an animal for the first time really well. It's never in. It's it, never the same. It's never as good as like when you get it real time. Right. You know, and it's like, I know it's part of the gig, but like. If you don't have to, why go yeah, And nobody it? likes filming that. Like, no. The whole thing's kind of weird. Yeah. You know? It's like, like, hey, man, congratulations on your first 200-inch buck. Let's go back and fake a, lot, a bunch of stuff. Yeah, right. Even and, though it happened, like, we're not faking, like, we're not swimming across the river that doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, we're doing a bunch of things that already happened. Right. But it's like, it just kills the whole vibe. It's like, you can't go celebrate. You can't go, you know, look at the animal, take pictures, whatever, because, all right, we got 30 minutes of cutaways we have to do now. Right. We're like... Like, Lee killed that big nine-point in Illinois, and after two years, it was the first whitetail I had ever filmed Lee kill after being in a tree for, like, 60 days with him. Yeah. And 
he's you know he's grunting at the deer and all this kind of stuff and coming in and he killed it get his reaction i told him the same thing i was like dude as soon as you, if you end up killing something you look right at this camera and react yeah and that's what he did and i got all of it live because if we're able to get a kill shot in high speed like we're going to get it in high speed because you can always speed it up if you don't want it in high speed. Yeah. You can't slow it down if you get it in regular time. Well, by the time the animal falls, you stop recording, you turn it, your camera from high speed to regular speed, your shots can be blown out. So then you have to re-expose, find mm-hmm. your subject, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Dude, it could be 15, 20 seconds and dude's trying to hold in his reaction or just tell him, hey, look at this camera and, and you're good, which is what's great about having the two cameras on rifle hunts is yeah. someone's always on the hunter or the guy getting that reaction, and the other person is only worried about animals. Yeah. Well, that's that's something – that brings up another topic, too. Like, so I guess that's more of a – like a mirrorless and, you know, like cinema camera thing, too. So, like, a mirrorless, you can shoot it – like, take, your, take an FX3. You can shoot that on 120 frames in 4K and still have audio. And that's just to clarify for people, like, what we're talking about for doing this setup is because on the FX six and S and Q mode at 4k 120, there is no audio. So you're just getting the whole thing's high speed. But if you shoot on a mirrorless and you shoot in 120, you can also get audio with that. But with our setups that we're running, we don't get audio. So that, that's any, that's FS seven was like that. Yeah. FS five. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if like the cannons do that because I don't know. No one in the outdoor space really uses. And it's only cannons. when you go to S. It's only when you go to S and Q mode. So like when I had my FX three, I never shot in S and Q. Right. It was always just four K one twenty. Shot in like a custom mode at one hundred twenty frames. Yeah, and I always yeah. had audio. You know, now like the longer I got into this, it was like I don't I don't really need the audio with it, and you know right. you can wear out slow motion. Right. But that's what we're talking about when we're saying why we have two angles set up and why we can't get everything real time. Right. You know? Right. But, like, the the gist of it is is you can do any bow hunt with one person really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is very, 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 very hard to do a rifle hunt really well with one camera. Yeah. It's – I tell you back. It's, it's doable because we've done it all the time. Yeah. But – Doing a rifle hunt out west with two people blows one person out of the water. Yeah, it's it's you're way more not efficient. Even comparable. No, well, like, well, to segue into that, you look at the length of the hunt. Like, you go bow hunt elk for five days. Somewhere within five days, if you're doing your job, you should have everything you need to tell that story about that five days. Yeah, because unless you're going on one of those thirty or forty thousand dollar elk hunts, yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to kill in the first or second day. And if you are going to kill in the first or second day, the animal's probably big enough that it doesn't matter Yeah, that you killed on the second day. It's right. not like you're showing a 300-inch bull on the first day. Like, you're shooting, you're shooting grandpa. Right. Where, if you look at the hunt that Ryer and I did with Chris and Brian for boot leather, we showed up at camp at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, got everything ready, game plan for the next day. We roll out. Four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, see our first elk at seven fifteen, seven thirty. By eight thirty, we're done with cutaways because we killed an elk on the right. first day. Right. And like luckily we had service on the mountain. We're calling Bergara, like, hey, this is what just happened. How would what creative ideas would you guys like us to implement to cover the next 
like three scenes we have yeah to shoot. right we've got you, you probably had what like realistic like three to four minutes of finished video at yep. that point well it was ryer's because i edited this i vividly remember ryer was kill cam and i think it was ryer's like 13th or 14th clip yeah that was the kill shot the clip before that Hold on, we lost our middle angle oh <laughs> this is trash we're, we're working through this, guys. It's uh, it's harder than it looks. We don't know if we've taken the time. Uh, let me see. Nope. Nope. Did it come out over here? No, we have. We have lost the middle angle. This is unbelievable. We have Ryer making a guest appearance. He's probably judging our uh, production skills. Have you been just listening? Nothing. Hey, Ryer, if I try to unplug this cord, does that mess you it got up? nothing. So Ryer's going to hum elevator music in the interim. Can you see it now? We're going to check. No. How about now? Nope. I, don't, I mean, I don't know why. Is it unplugged over here? It's going to be the one in the middle. I mean, I guess we don't really need the wide angle. We can just switch between you and I. Yeah, that's what we'll have to do. I hate technology. Did we get it back? No, we got nothing. Well, we'll just switch back and forth between you and I. Okay. But I think it was like Ryer's 13th or 14th clip on that camera that was the kill shot. Yeah. And there Which, were o- there were only three or four clips before that that had an elk on it. Yeah. And obviously I had all of the talking of seeing the elk and getting on the elk. And luckily it actually took Brian, our hunter four or five minutes to find the elk and get on it Yeah, to where I had all of that live. Um, so we were able to fill and build a lot of suspense with that, like Chris saying, here's the elk, look for this landmark, go this far. And it, it, I mean, during the actual hunt, it took four or five minutes for him to find it. Yeah. Um, so luckily we had that, but I mean, there's not a lot, I mean, unless you're being, very 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 picky about the animal that your hunter's killing or you're going on like a once in a lifetime sheep hunt or moose hunt or you're going on a coos deer hunt where they're just legitimately hard to find and kill Mm -hmm. i mean you can roll up in a rifle hunt and if you see the animal you want you can kill it yeah yeah way way different than archery that's why like i think filming an archery hunt is so much it's a lot harder, in my opinion. Like, the only thing, I you get more content, I think. But, like, in terms of, like... things don't happen as fast. Yeah, they don't happen, and you're going to go... You know, more than likely, you're going to go on stocks that don't pan out. You're going to call in bulls that don't pan out. Or, you you're going to see it. You're going to see a white tail, and it's not going to come in range. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so you have more content. Where, like, with the rifles, sometimes, like, you know, like, sometimes you see one, and he's, you know, nowadays, like... You know, well, Chris shot that mule deer at 550 yards. Yeah. 
you know, and it's like, had we had been archery hunting, we have to make the stock. You might have to right. wait for the wind, which it's, it's not like you're not playing the wind with a rifle, but right. it's not near as critical. You spook way more animals with a bow. Way more. Yeah. Yeah, way more. So, but like, it's, it's a done deal. But like, like that bull that Brian killed with Ryer and I, I mean, after, from where we shot it from, getting to that bull, if we had to sneak up on those four bulls bow hunting, no chance we would have killed him. Yeah. I yeah. think I think as a group of four of us, we fell no more than three or four times going over deadfall. Yeah. With empty packs. This was getting to the elk. Right. Let alone trying to get four people there or three people there. It looked like blowdown city. In there. Yo, it sucked. Yeah. It sucked. And I'll, I remember editing my first rifle hunt after I had edited some bow hunts where I actually did cutaways correctly. Like, building the suspense with a rifle is so much harder than doing it with yeah. with a bow. Like, yeah. seeing the animal, like, with a bow, you have to see the animal. It has to come in range, or you have to call to it, or, you know, it has to step into this hole where your arrow trajectory is not going to hit something, yeah. or whatever it is. You know, you have to range the animal. You have to grab your bow, put your release on, draw back, yeah. anchor, all those things were like, grab your gun, Make sure that there's a hole that the bullet can fit through. Click the safety off and pull the trigger. Like, Cut it loose. Yeah. yeah. Like especially whitetail. Like whitetail right. out of a blind whitetail right. out of a blind, like in Texas. It's yeah. like Well, like we were doing a we had plans to do a CVA series and um we were gonna have a lot of creative control over it and I begged Caleb, whatever you pitch them, can we please hunt from brush like brush browns brush blinds <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. Or ladder stands. Yeah. Because box blinds just look. like It takes an aspect of the hunt away, like being in that environment. Yeah. And two, getting your cutaways, or not your cutaways, getting your scenics. Yeah. And just like regular filler footage just doesn't look as good. Yeah, and I think still like is as popular as blinds are. Like I don't think they're, they're still not the reality for, you know, a lot right, of people. Right, And I think, you know, they're, you know, the audience that they're trying to, go after with that brand I still think is well that, that's like the, the, the ranch king that David Mark were telling us about where it's got a AC heater wall unit it's got a kitchen yeah. a bathroom TV a couch yeah it's like $18,000 yeah it's like you it's know? like a thousand square feet or something yeah yeah it's huge yeah did you go did you go on and look at the options you like all of them uh-uh, it's no. crazy it's like nicer in my house <laughs> like I got a decent house <laughs> you know <laughs> It's like, and like we're gonna watch TV in a blind. And like that's like all turn these. The that's AC like all on. these duck guys. You see all these reels, and they pull their boat in up underneath the the duck blind, and they're cooking bacon. Yeah, and like, Cindy comes out and cooks. Yeah, for I'm them. over here eating a, a granola bar and a half of bologna sandwich with mayonnaise on it. I don't even <laughs> like mayonnaise because that's what I got on this elk. Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the food's a little suspect. Right, but like, I mean. It is nice though having that extra person on an elk hunt or something. You got to pack something out. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that Definitely. that hunt we did with Brian and Chris, we had to pack that elk out six miles, and having each of us be able to take a quarter and then someone else take the head was like, it was cush having that fourth person. Yeah, definitely having having more people on an elk pack out or any pack out for that matter is is definitely handy. Like like the one we did with Ryer and and Chris, that wasn't too bad. That mule deer was big, but it was like. 
People we, sleep on how big mule deer are. Dude, this thing was big. I mean, we probably had 50 pounds a piece, maybe something like that. We didn't have to go crazy far, like under two miles. But right. still having three people there was way nice. Well, then, and you think about that, even splitting up the weight as far as, like, camera gear, like on that hunt. I yeah. had my FX6 with my 24 to 105, and then my mirrorless in my bag with no lens on it. Yeah. And then Ryer had his fx6 with a two to 600 on it yeah and then his mirrorless with uh 16 to 35 Mm -hmm. because then i have 24 to 105 on my camera ryer shoots canon so he had his canon dslr and his canon 16 to 35 yeah so we had 16 to 24 to 105 or 16 to 105 covered plus with ryer shooting the one to 400 that fits on my Sony mirrorless. So if mm-hmm. we need to do anything photo-wise, 1 to 400, I have that. Yeah. So then you basically, instead of me filming an elk hunt by myself, like when I'm doing a bow hunt, I have my FX6 with a 24 to 240, and then I probably have either the my mirrorless with my 16 to 35 or my mirrorless with my 24 to 105. So it cuts out right a, a, a lens you have to carry. Yeah. So... Um, yeah. And then maybe you got to, maybe you have an action cam or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like an Osmo, Osmo or, or yeah. GoPro or, or yeah. whatever, you know, as a third angle. But Right. Usually but with the... The two cameras, you don't really need it. No, not usually. The mirrorless, like, in the tree looks so much better. Right. It's kind of, you know, like Heartland Bowhunter's been doing that for a long time. Yeah, well, that's where I got the idea from. But the difference between them and us is both of their cameras are mirrorless. Yeah, True. True. Well, I, I well, they were shooting on. Were they shooting on red at one point? Uh, all their like commercial stuff <clears throat> is on red. Is all on red. Um, and they were shooting FS sevens for a while. Yeah, yeah. They I were do doing FS seven five D Mark four, mm. and now they're doing R five R five or R three R three. But there was like, if you go back and look at some old Heartland bow hunter, they used to run one camera arm with like a metal plate. Well, it's a camera arm and a head, and on that head, that video head, they attach the base plate to like a one foot long by six or eight inch wide piece of metal Hmm. that they then had two DSLRs on. Really? They'd have a DSLR with the lav mic on like a 16 to 35 or 24 to 105, and then next to that, they'd have a DSLR with a 70 to 200. So then like they're filming... The animal come in, probably in high speed, whatever. Animal get shot, it falls. They literally just turn that camera to the dude that's talking and hit record on the other camera, and everything's pointed right at dude. Really? Yeah. Before, huh. the, now they do, they run two camera arms. They run those fourth arrow camera arms, which they can get away with because they're running the mirrorlesses and the small road video mic goes. Yeah. And, like, their biggest lens is 70 to 200 or 1 to 400. Yeah. So they're running that on a fourth arrow, the big beefy fourth arrow, and yeah. then they run. That's what I run my FX six on. And then they run. I ran my FS five on that one, Caleb. Hired. Yeah, yeah. And then on the smallest fourth arrow arm that fourth arrow makes is what they run like their sixteen to thirty five with the audio. Mm. So they they put up two camera arms. I just didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I, I'm I using, created that little thing. Yeah, I use the Lone Wolf Custom Gear arm for mm-hmm. my second angle. Yeah. And that's what you well. When we were at Lee and Tiff's one day, we you and I took mm-hmm. like the one arm off it and made it made it shorter, Single, which it yeah. works pretty good. Yeah, and it's quick. Yeah, you know, and it's like, all you need. You you tell someone, hey, I'm going to set up two cameras in the tree, and they're kind of like, 
and they don't really like it. Yeah. But as soon as they realize it doesn't take any more time. Yeah. And as soon as they, that's the big gripe people have. People love seeing stuff in slow-mo, but as, when they're in front of a camera long enough, they realize as soon as you kill something in slow-mo, it's like, like I can't tell how many times someone shot something, it's gone down, and I'm like, it goes down, I stop hitting record, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, and I'm literally saying, hold on, wait, the entire time I'm trying to get my exposure, then I get my focus, and I wait two or three seconds, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. and then they have to talk, yeah. versus like them shooting something and just getting to be able to look at that camera or go, or like... If I'm filming an animal, like when Lee killed that nine point and he grunted that deer in the entire time, like I got all of that live. I didn't have to go back and recreate it. Right. And it's just so nice. Oh, yeah. It's and way it's better. basically you have that same thing when you're double shooting out west with a rifle, except it's a person doing it and not you. Right. So it's, a bit, it's got movements a bit more creative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. But you got anything else? Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to cover? I don't know. I feel like we, I don't know, we either cover that very efficiently and it didn't take long or we're forgetting a whole nother aspect of what we're supposed to talk about. Well, (laughs) I'm going with, we probably forgot something. I mean, we talked about the gear and like all that kind of stuff and then the filming style and then like storytelling with it. I mean, I I mean, I don't know. I mean. I guess overall, you know, like overall, I guess my whole thing on like what I would rather do, I'd much rather film archery hunts, you know, like, yeah, it's just, I don't know for me, like you said, it's like, it's, I still like to hunt. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I still, I mean, was it nice going on these trips this year and killing on the first couple days and get to come home early and then I got some time for myself to hunt? Yeah, that yeah. was kind of nice. But do I want to hunt the lake on public on public land where I hunt and not see anything? Or would I rather just stay there and see giant whitetails and elk <laughs> all the time? You know what I mean? So it's like. <laughs> I just like the archer because there's, uh, to me, you can just tell so many more stories with it. Yeah. Like, you, there's so much more stuff with it. And it's just yeah. not like a, it, you know, I, it's nothing against gun hunting. It's just obviously we do content for gun companies. Yeah. But like, you know, a lot of times in most circumstances, you know, it's a done deal. Yeah, storytelling. You know. Storytelling with a bow is a lot easier unless you are doing one of those once in a lifetimes where you are looking for a specific animal yeah. or something like that. Like yeah. I'm doing a my first rifle hunt since I was I'm twenty seven. I was a freshman in college. So the fall of twenty fourteen. I'm doing my first rifle hunt in twenty twenty five. Where are you going? Since then. I'm doing a mule deer hunt with my dad. Nice. But my dad and I haven't hunted together in probably four or five years. He wants to kill a mule deer. I want to kill a mule deer. I'd rather just pay for a mule deer once. And Where are you guys going? Nebraska. So nice. like, and he won't hunt with a bow, and I won't let him hunt with me with a crossbow. <laughs> so it's like, would I rather... I'd, I would just like to kill a mule deer and just be done with it. Yeah. I just want to say I've killed a mule deer. I don't care yeah. if it's with a rifle or bow. So I'd rather pay for it to be with a rifle and get it hope and have a better chance of it getting done with because I'm not just writing a check for an animal. Right. But have a better chance of it being done with versus, you know, pay for five mule deer hunts to kill one. Yeah. So, because it's not like I'm trying to kill a hundred mule deer. Like, I just like, I like hunting whitetails and turkeys too much. Like, I don't really ever care if I kill an elk. Yeah. I say that all the time, and then we go out in <laughs> yeah. September, and I'm like, man, I'd love to come out here and do one of these. But the problem is that you experienced for the first <clears> time this year, the cheapest elk hunt I've ever been on was like an $11,000 elk hunt. 
Yeah, like for a client. Yeah, and it was trash. Yeah. It was, tr- the hunt sucked. So, yeah. then you go to like the place in Utah we usually go, the place in Colorado we've been. Yeah. Where we go with, like, Chris is public land. Yeah. But Chris works for an outfitter, and he's a guide, so it costs more money than just applying in New Mexico and going. Yeah. So, like, I mean. That's the that's the tough part. Like, like where I've public land hunted several different places with my bow for elk, like, spot in Idaho, it's killer. Like, we've had years where it was, like, five out of five for opportunities, and we killed two. Right. You know, and it was like that, like, year after year. Now it's gotten harder to get tags, and, you know, I've told a couple of people about it, and it kind of not got ruined, but, like, they got a tag, and I didn't. Right. You know, kind of, right. kind of stuff. Like, but it's it's always good, but it's, like, it's hard to find that spot. Right. Like, I've also been to Colorado, and you show up, and, like, you hike 10 miles a day. And There's you see, 14 people from Florida. Yeah, that, and you see one elk, yeah. you know, for in eight days or whatever, and it's tough. But well, Caleb, Ryer, and Jamie went to Idaho and called in 11 different sets of hunters. Yeah. In four days. It, you know, hunting public land like that, it's all, it's always going to be that risk, right. you know? And I, I like, like, if I kill this mule deer and I'm like, man, that was awesome, Yeah, I might spend the rest of my life trying to kill one with a bow because, like, it's a lot harder than what people think. Oh, it's way hard. And, like, if I applied for an elk tag, it'd probably be a rifle tag to kill an elk, to say I've killed an elk, and then after that, I'll try to kill one with a bow. Like, I'm not this guy that I need to go kill an elk every year because I would rather hunt whitetails than mule deer and elk. Yeah. Without I, a doubt. I, I do love whitetails, I, which they're probably my favorite, I think, for sure, but I do love elk. And, like, I've been over-the-counter public, like, eight or nine times. Right. And all with a bow, and I've killed half an elk. Yeah. That's 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 another story. That's between a buddy and I. It's a, it's a long story. <laughs> he knows what happened. He denies it, but not half an elk. <laughs> You'll be at his funeral and you lean over the casket. You know half of that elk is mine. Yeah, he owes he owes me, and I'm always the one setting up setting hey, him up. Hey Dave, on hey man. All I'm asking is that when you go, and 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 you go hard. All I'm asking is you leave that elk to me. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you got any questions, hit us up on our personal Instagram or the Redneck Tech Instagram. You can send us an email at redneck-tech-podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any podcast ideas, topics you'd like for us to cover, let us know. And uh, we will see you in the next podcast. And hopefully, I hit the right button to close out this podcast. Hopefully. Let's see. <laughs>